well, good morning or afternoon or evening, whatever it is for you. It's morning for me. And we are in the middle of a year-long focus on the podcast, living with a clear mission, building a healthy community. And the last half of this year, we're focused on building that healthy community. And so that's the big idea. And the, the theme that we're revolving around these last few episodes is what it means to be a leader who's able to monitor the flow of the community, the team. This takes a lot of health. It takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of strength to pay attention to some of these. Uh, we talked about what it means to notice when energy is going sideways. Uh, we talked about what it means to notice um, when negative or bad crazy gets into the team and how to fill it with vision, the good crazy. What we want to do today is, and we kind of ended the last episode a little bit with this, if there are people that aren't changing, what does it mean that they're not going to be able to work out long-term on the team? And uh, what we want to do today is really uh, show you how to keep the culture of a team healthy and on point, or if it is going in that direction that you're not happy about, because drift happens, how to get it back on course. Just know this. I mean, vision is fragile. Vision, uh, drift, or leak occurs. This is why the leader has to continually tell stories and model behavior and share wins that bring it back on point. And I want to tell you, one of those behaviors you want to model, one of those wins that you want to be about, it's going to feel like it's not something that should happen in your leadership. Uh, Let me ask you this question. Have you ever heard someone speak their truth with such vulnerability it helped you see your own? When they were sharing something and they connected a dot and something made sense to them and you're like, whoa, that's true for me too. This is why I love music with lyrics that surface a reality because it helps me put words to things that I'm processing or thinking or feeling. This is also why I love long, slow evenings with drinks and friends. This is also why I love pursuing a mission and building a community out of that mission. See, vulnerability is a gift. Pretending drains energy, but vulnerability actually gives you energy. I can monitor the flow of my business and organizations I work with by paying attention to one measurement. Is there a healthy amount of vulnerability? Now, I need to say healthy amount because you could have a team environment where too much is being shared And I'll just say to you, I don't know any examples that come to mind of any organization that I've ever worked with where that happens. I know that it could. Um, I know that no doubt an abuse can happen. But if you think about it like a scale, if that's on one extreme, most are on the other extreme. So what does a healthy amount of vulnerability look like? Well, can others admit they are stuck and ask for help? Can the team leader share where she got afraid and distracted from the main objective? Can whatever truth needs to be spoken be given a voice so the energy of the team can be unblocked? And leaning into those vulnerable places is not comfortable. It's why people don't do it. Um, You know, if any of you are entrepreneurs out there and you're going after your mission and you're making it happen, maybe you understand a little bit of this. I haven't been to the dentist in two years, and I just kind of let that slide. You know, it's in the hustle and the bustle of it all. So I finally went. uh, This was, I don't know, a month ago, and I had to go back and get a little bit of work done. Um, It wasn't comfortable. I don't like giving up control. I don't want my mouth numbed. I don't want some work done. I don't want any pain. 
and I'm sitting there and I'm experiencing this pain and I'm thinking about the hilariousness of it that I help people lean into their pain so they can grow. But I didn't want to face my pain at the dentist. So I understand vulnerability. It's not easy. But this idea centers around some core beliefs for me. See, I believe people can make dramatic changes in their behavior. I believe people can upgrade their skills to think, relate, plan, and communicate at a world-class level. But I also believe most don't want to be world-class really because they'd rather avoid the pain. See, to be world-class and enjoy it, you must learn who you are, learn to recover under pressure, and consistently learn to monitor your flow and the flow of the team around you. So if we're going to be those kind of people who hone our intuition, who set clear direction true to who we are, and we develop relationships as we scale the mountain, we've got to recognize we're never going to have it all together. So as a leader, this is a behavior you want to model. You want to be able to be the kind of person who uh, finds someone who is ahead of you and you ask them for help. And asking for help makes you feel vulnerable, but you can't get there alone. And asking isn't failure. Not asking for help is failing. And if you'll live this way, it's going to bleed into the team. It's going to be caught even more than you would have to teach it. And if you show in meetings that you don't always have to be the perfect uh, leader and have all the answers and have it all together, you're going to help them join you in the vulnerability. Now, we talked last uh, episode about this idea about what it means that when there are people around you that don't ask for that help, they don't want to grow and how the team has to change, uh, you got to let them go. And there's a paradox there. And I get that. I mean, I believe people can change, but I also have to let them take their own path. I'm not responsible to make people change. So I want to be as um, creative as possible and inspiring as possible for them to join me in that change, but they may not. Now, what I want to do, if you could be a vulnerable leader with me, if if you could step into this, uh, you're going to be able to provide care for your team in such a way that it'll increase the chances that they'll want to join you in this kind of awesome team environment. And so I want to make it real practical for you and just give you five uh, actions you can take to un leash a healthy, engaged team. Now, before I do that and share these five actions, you know, I just want to encourage you on this vulnerability uh, path. And, and I mentioned this a second ago, but just let me hit a few things as a foundation. Again, being a vulnerable leader means you don't have to have all the answers. And guess what? Nobody does. And it just relaxes you. It relaxes your leadership. You're going to lead better with more brilliance because you're not hyping and proving something that isn't true. So you don't have to have all the answers. And, and as much as you may want to think in your loneliest moments that it'd be easier for you just to go it alone, success is defined by the quality of your team. It's great. Hey, you can go do it. Can you help others do it? And when you are living with this kind of vulnerability and this kind of vision, your behavior is going to flow out of that. You're going to be constantly reminding them of the why of what you guys do and why you do it. And there are those around you that will grab a hold of that. And they will jump into that vision with you. Uh, They're going to run with the vision and they're going to learn vulnerable leadership. And that's going to be awesome. And you're going to be inspired by them. And we could even call them kind of like your A players or your top players. 
and not everybody's going to be an A player on your team, and that's okay. We want to help move the players out that aren't working, and the ones that maybe aren't where we'd like them to be, we want to help them develop. How are you going to do that? You just got to learn to move quick when there's smoke, when your gut or data is telling you someone is struggling. I'm going to teach you in just a second these five actions so you can recognize when somebody's struggling. And as a quick note of caution here, when you're building a vulnerable team, just know this. Respect for your role doesn't mean they have to match your personality or agree with everything. I want to create the kind of environment in a team setting where they're free to be the expression of who they are. I still want them inspiring. I still want them to be able to reframe things from a positive standpoint. Uh, I want them to disagree respectfully. But I want to create the kind of environment that I can say, hey, if any of you disagree, let's speak up now. Let's move and be a quick, efficient team. You don't have to wait to catch me in the hallway. Now, if I'm coaching somebody who's working for a leader, I'm telling them, hey, correct or challenge or confront or question respectfully in the hallway or in the office privately. But if you're a secure leader, you can just say to people, hey, do it here in the meeting, right? Now, if somebody's constantly abusing that, you address it. But let's go on. Five actions to unleash an engaged team. Number one, check in with their personal lives. If you want to really live out a healthy, vulnerable expression of leadership as a team leader, check in with their personal lives. Your team is made up of human beings. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know why we forget that, but it's just easy. You get your head down, you're focused on the mission, and you start drifting into an unhealthy place that you use people for what they can do rather than just recognizing them for where they are and who they are. Number two, force self-care. Force self-care. Now, let me say this. I believe most leadership is about tapping into what needs to be unblocked, a sense of flow, not forcing something. Forcing is bad, and you can't force people to grow. I mean, we talk about this in numerous ways, all the things you can't force. The one thing you do got to force, you got to force them to take care of themselves. If they're fried and they need a break, talked a little bit about this last week, uh, if you see them really struggling, um, if they're not living healthy patterns. They're staying too late. You need to tell them to go home. You've got to train your team to energize themselves. You don't want people dragging bottom. I mean, they're just you know not able to tap into that motivation and they're coming in and they're exhausted and fried and making bad decisions. So number three, observe how they engage their tasks. Watch them. Learn what excites them, what pumps them up. Most people BS themselves on the things they really want to be doing. And here's the thing. If they're not doing the things they really want to be doing, they're the overflow of their gifts. And we're not talking about being lazy and people that just want to float around. I'm talking about people that have a passion to master something and want to get great at it. When you've got those people in a spot, they love what they're doing and they want to be great at it, you're going to get the best performance. And a lot of people BS themselves about the stuff they think they should do or want to do. So you want to pay attention to when do you hear that passion in their voice? When do you see their eyes light up? When's that energy there? Learn what pumps them up. Number four, scan through your direct reports every day. Scan through your direct reports every day. Now, it is a problem in uh, a lot of companies where there's too many direct reports coming to one person. So obviously, you can only do so much with this. When I work with companies, we try to make sure the org chart's tight. We want to look at that. How many people do they have to care for? Uh, so 
this could feel overwhelming to some of you, but it's not that difficult. Even if you had like a team of eight or 10 and you have their names on a post-it and put it by your computer and you scan through those names real quick um, and you think through this, what do they need to know that I know? What do they need to know that I know? Um, You want to take opportunities to communicate any new information or developments so they feel a part of what's happening. And you don't have to go in their office and have a 20-minute meeting with each person. Nobody has time for that. I'm going to scan through. If there's something that pops up, send them a quick email. If they need context, you know, I'll record audios and send them. Tons of different ways you can do this. Fifth, you want to invest your best in those responsible for success of the mission. See, everyone needs a clearly defined win. And... I believe in you, and I want you to have a clearly defined win. And a clearly defined win in building your team is to put your best into those that are doing the best. And I'm telling you, this is so uh, not intuitive. When leaders get on the phone with me and they're talking about their team and their organization and what's happening, it's very normal that their time and energy is getting spent on the lowest performing team member or the one they're most frustrated with. And what's so backward about this is the one that's going to advance the cause the most is the one that you're happiest with their performance. And yet you're dedicating more time and energy to the one that isn't delivering, to the one that isn't exciting, to the one that isn't making it happen. How weird is that? So use these five actions to unleash an engaged, healthy team. Model that vulnerability and you'll be monitoring the flow of your team to keep it in a place that the atmosphere is focused and fun. Like I always say, hit me up if you need me. Have an awesome rest of the day. Peace.